Welcome to the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, bringing you bi-weekly discussions designed to help you grow your business and create the lifestyle you desire. Elevate your business with proven strategies from virtual CFOs, CPAs, and business advisors. We discuss real-world challenges solved with actionable steps that get you the results you need both in business and building the life you deserve. Thank you for joining us for episode number 114 of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, brought to you by PJS and CoCPAs. I'm your host, Megan Spicer, and today we are tackling the 10 best questions to ask your CFO. So to help me outline what those are and help us learn, we have Katina Peters here with us, partner here at PJS and CoCPAs and virtual CFO, CPA, CGMA, lots of acronyms after her name. <laughs> Welcome to the show this morning, Katina. <laughs> Thank you, Megan. Good to be here as always. Love to have these conversations with you. Yeah. And I think this one's going to be really valuable because it's highlighting we don't know what we don't know. So I think it can be kind of intimidating to walk into a meeting with a virtual CFO if maybe it's your first time or Maybe you have been meeting, but you don't feel like you're asking the right questions that help you really get to the heart of the matter. So I'm excited to talk about this one because I think it's going to shed some light on some things that maybe we just don't know to even ask a CFO. Right. We kind of put together a a kind of a top 10 list of questions that you can ask a CFO, whether you're looking to hire them or if you're looking to just, like you said, improve your conversation with a virtual CFO that you're already working with. So I'm looking forward to kind of jumping into these and uh, just describing them a little more fully for people. So these questions that we put together for this episode are more focused on once you're working with a CFO how do you get to the heart of the business? But we do have a free download as well that highlight the top 10 questions to ask before you even hire. So we'll put that as a download available with the show notes for this episode, which will be found at pjscpas.com forward slash 114. So go grab that download. If you're looking at hiring a CFO, you don't really know like what that's all about. But if you're already working with one or you are ready to take that next step, This episode is going to give you the tools of like, okay, well, what information can I get once I start working with that CFO? Yeah, great. I think that's going to be a great tool for people to be able to come back to and download and use, kind of print it out and put it in front of them, right? (laughs) So jumping in without further ado, the number one, and, and these aren't in like, oh, this is the number one question you have to ask, but the number one question that we came up with out of the 10 here was, what could I do to grow my business more effectively? So if you're in the stage that you want to grow your business, which most small businesses are, are hopefully in that stage for quite a while, they're continuing to grow, continuing to grow and scale, et cetera. So just having that specific question. I mean, it may seem like an obvious question, but I don't know that we always think of the obvious sometimes, you know, when we're in those situations. So just having that candid conversation with your virtual CFO, what things are they seeing that maybe roadblocks to you growing your business more effectively? Obviously, they're going to come at it from more of a financial side of things. But also, I know when we partner with our clients, we also look at it like strategically as well. So, you know, we work with a lot of businesses, we run a business. So we understand there are other things, obviously, than just the financial aspects that come into play. 
So they're also generally going to give you some support in those directions as well, because everything really interplays, you know, as we talked about before, from a strategic planning perspective, you have financial goals, you have financial metrics, but those all come into play with operational effectiveness and utilization of people and marketing, et cetera. I think just making sure that you're having that conversation on a regular basis about the things that you can do to grow the business is a good idea. Yeah. And I know you said that it may seem like a no-brainer question or kind of obvious, but the answer may not be as obvious as you think it is, right? Because like coming from a sales and marketing background, I've drawn conclusions as far as what I think would be beneficial in effectively growing a business, which are obvious on the sales and marketing side, right? But because of my experience in that area, I don't consider maybe the financial side where you bring up another point. And I'm like, oh, I hadn't even considered that. So based on the direction that I've seen you give clients, it's not always so obvious. And it may be obvious for a CFO, depending on where they're coming from. So I think that's an important distinction to make too. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. I think a lot of people maybe think about, oh, I'm going to grow my business. That means I need more sales. But there's really no more complexity, right? Than just I need more sales to that. We need to have clear direction on who we're selling to. We need to also have clear direction on hiring people. Like we can't just sell and have no one to fulfill (laughs) on those sales, right? Right. And we have to make sure we have the cash flow available to pay for those people. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of those considerations that come from all different directions. And that's definitely a good point to make. Yeah. So I know then the next one is more related directly to profitability. And I know that's a big area that you all focus on as CFOs, because we all talk about growing business, but that can mean different things to different people. So I think this one's important to highlight too. Yeah, perfect. So what are the key metrics that drive our profitability was the question that we boiled it down to that you want to be talking to your VCFO about, because there is growth in the business, like a top line revenue growth, like you're talking about. But we want to watch that profitability. We don't want to grow in an unsustainable way and end up losing a lot of money. We want to make sure that we have profitability in mind and that we're able to continue to drive that cash flow and continue to make comfortable growth, not super stressful. We have no money growth (laughs) going on. So, you know, we want to watch, okay, what are those metrics that we need to keep an eye on on a very regular basis to make sure that our profitability is not suffering as we grow? Is there sometimes going to be investment of that profitability into the growth? Sure. But we want to make sure we're looking at that long-term impact too, because on the flip side, you can't just be profitable, 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 never reinvest in growth because you're going to strangle the growth, right? So there has to be that balance in there. But we want to make sure that we're projecting forward, you know, using our forecasting, what do we look like if we're doing these reinvestments, we may give a little bit of our profitability for a little while to make those investments. And then again, have the long-term plan of that coming back to us after we make that investment. So we want to watch that as we're making those decisions and then have those metrics in line where we're paying attention to them and reviewing them on a regular basis to make sure that they're lining up with what we expected in our forecast as well. Yeah. And as an established business, you probably have some key metrics that you're tracking, but having the humility to step back and ask somebody that has that background and say, hey, are these actually driving 
our profitability? Am I paying attention to the right things, right? Just checking in on that. Yes, absolutely. Like you said, everybody knows their business the best, right? But from a financial perspective, we have different viewpoints than you might as a business owner. And we want to make sure that you're getting the best out of the situation too. So as a VCFO, when we deal with our clients, obviously, we want to see what they're already looking at, because they may be looking at some of the right things or all of the right things. But we also want to just give that input from our experience into the things that might be missing for them, or that might be unique to them. Because sometimes that's different too. It might be in a specific industry, but every business is also unique in and of itself. Yeah. And I remember one of the questions that we have to ask before you hire a CFO is, do you have experience working in my industry? And that can be really useful for this next question because you're able to tap into the knowledge of a CFO that has maybe decades, years and years of experience working in your specific industry too. So that I think can play into this next question that we think is really valuable to ask your CFO. Yeah, yeah. So I'll just go ahead and unveil that question here. (laughs) Are there any changes coming up that you think could affect my business slash industry? Like you said, Megan, if you're working with a VCFO who has specialization in the industry that you're in, they're definitely going to be obviously more plugged into that industry and what's going on as well. This is a collaborative approach. Obviously, you being in the industry, you're going to know things too. But it's a good idea to kind of step back and look at it with your VCFO for things that they might be seeing coming down the pipeline, experiencing with potentially other clients that they have and trying to make sure that you're just thinking about those potential changes. And and those changes can be changes, macroeconomic changes can affect all industries, you know, laws that are coming out that are affecting the industry, financial pronouncements that are coming out, things that have to be done differently that could affect the business or industry. So I think it's just a good thing to get off the hamster wheel sometimes, <laughs> again, and pull yourselves ourselves back into this mindset a little bit and make sure that we're looking at what's coming down the road as well when we're planning for the business. So I think it's a good question to pop up and ask, I mean, ask your VCFO, ask yourself too, right? Sometimes we just need to take the time to step back and go, okay, what's what's going on in the industry? We want to make sure we're looking where we're going as well. So yeah, that's that's a great point. And again, also why it's important to have somebody that has experience doing what you're doing and working with that type of client, because it just provides a little more knowledge into what exactly you're doing. So the next question we have here is what are the main risks slash opportunities you see within my company and follow up? What can I do to mitigate risks? Yeah, I think this is a great question to be asking. And also, you know, what kind of comes to mind too is that SWOT analysis as well, we've talked about before. But I think having your leadership team, including your VCFO involved in that SWOT analysis, and you can also just obviously ask this question and be more specific to it. But when we're looking at the SWOT analysis, you know, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. I mean, one of the things the threats are, right, those risks. And again, it says opportunities. So it's fits right into that SWOT analysis. But I think, you know, having all those people involved, including your VCFO, again, just gives you more experience to pull from. They're going to see your business from the outside in a little bit more than you might be blind to certain things being inside the business and say, have you considered this as a potential risk or that as a potential risk? They're also going to be looking 
obviously at financial <laughs> related risk, maybe a little bit different than what you might be thinking of, of just risk in your business. You know, if you're a construction contractor and you have potential risk in that you might get sued or supply chains are, might be difficult or, you know, something like that going on. I also want to be taking a look kind of at what those financial risks might look like for the company as well and where that might be coming from. So, so again, just having your advisors pulled together in doing those considerations is a great way to do it as well. But if that's not being done, I think definitely asking this question on a periodic basis is a good thing to do to just make sure that you're you know, getting as much input as possible because you want to make sure that you've got systems procedures in place to minimize your risks, internal risks, external risks. I mean, we kind of more talked a little bit about external risks there, but there's also right internal risks we've talked about before, like people stealing money from you, things like that, that you can control by having better procedures in place. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of considerations that go into risks and opportunities and opportunities in the business to opportunities for efficiencies. Again, not necessarily always external opportunities, but internal opportunities as well. Perfect. And I know you mentioned the SWOT analysis. That's actually surprisingly to me, I don't know why, but it's one of our most popular podcast episodes that we've done. It's one of our earlier ones. So I don't dare go back and listen to it because I'm just scared to, but um, <laughs> you know how it is when we're first starting off, it's a little rough, right. but if you are interested in learning, the content is great. I'm just worried about my delivery, <laughs> but if you are interested in learning more about the SWOT analysis, we cover that in episode number 15. So you can find that at pjscpas.com forward slash 15. So check that out. Don't let me know how we did in recording, <laughs> but, but the content is there. <laughs> so. Always improving, Megan, right? Just ever improving. Exactly. <laughs> yep. All right. So after we tackle risk, we move on to, are there any best practices or operations opportunities you see that would improve functions in my organization? I think I kind of alluded to that a little bit in the earlier questions as well. But again, sometimes specific questions for specific you know, responses. So, so if it's not something that's being covered in other areas, like when you asked about the risks and opportunities, if it doesn't come up in that way, making sure that specifically you're taking a look at those best practices on a regular basis. We've talked about before, you can't tackle everything all at once in your business to improve everything, right? So you need to set up a list and a priority, but you also want to make sure that you don't just say, okay, done. And then you stop, right? Um, it's an ever improving process and something that you're always want to be looking at. I know specifically in the way that we approach working with our clients. We have one meeting a month that's designed specifically to look at those operational systems and look for improvement areas and work on those actively with the clients that we work with, because that's a big part of what goes into a lot of things, what goes into you know sales being better, what goes into profitability being better, just generally making life better for everybody and making things more efficient and less frustrating, you know, retaining people because if they're constantly working in extremely frustrating situations, you know, that can hurt morale and other things. So that impacts a lot of things in the business. I think making sure you're setting a time aside to regularly work on that is important. That's why it's one of the specific meetings that, that we do on a monthly basis, just focused in that area. Perfect. And then the next one is related to something we all know is important, cash. What can my team do to improve cash generation? And this can be on a weekly or monthly basis. Yeah, I think we've talked about cash flow a lot. I know it's one of the 
the popular subject matters that you know a lot of people yep. are concerned about. I mean, cash is the yep. blood of the business, right? So we need to make sure that we're watching that cash flow. And part of asking that question to your VCFO is likely going to be looking with you at your cash flow goals for the business and what you're trying to do, setting up operational reserves, tax reserves potentially, but then working on a regular basis on how do we improve that cash you know, flow in the business, the cash generation, making sure that we're collecting receivables in a timely manner so that we're generating cash inflow. There's generally a lot of issues that can come up from a lot of businesses in the service industry, especially where if you're just not quick enough on your collections, you know, you end up in this cash crunch situation. So that's a big one. But then just looking generally to, okay, well, where is our our cash fluxes happening and how do we smooth those out, right? How do we get ahead of those and make sure that we're generating cash in a better flow? It all comes in, obviously, to profitability. You're not going to generate good cash if you don't have good sales and good profitability because that's kind of like the byproduct, right? Cash generation is the byproduct of doing all of those things. But again, it's specifically a good question. So how do we improve the generation of cash flow, maintaining of certain balances, you know, looking at the metrics to make sure that when we're planning things out, that we are generating ultimately that cash flow and having good, solid cash flow planning. So we all know how important cash is, but another side of the coin is the value in the business, right? So what can I also do to increase the value of my business? Because that's an entirely different subject there. Yeah, it really is. I would say a pretty misunderstood thing out there with regards to people looking at the value of their business. I think sometimes people have a really different viewpoint on what they think the value of their business is versus what on the outside might think it is. Really having that conversation to say, okay, what is the value of my business currently and what kind of things can I improve to make my value higher, stronger? Obviously, growth size of your business is important. That's going to increase your value, but you also have to look at non-financial metrics for that too. So you're looking at the structure of the business. You have to kind of put yourself in the buyer's shoes, right? Somebody who's coming in to buy, not that you're looking to sell right away, but just that's what ultimately the value is of something. It's what somebody's willing to pay for it. Somebody's willing to sell it for, right? That's where you come into value. If somebody were to buy your business, could they step in as that investor and get a good return? Could they afford you know, to make payments to you to buy out the business? All those considerations. So looking at the value of the business on a fairly regular basis is built on size, revenue, it's built on profitability and reliability. What's your performance? Is it up and down and up and down? That's really risky if it's pretty steady and growing and those kinds of things. Somebody's going to look at it as a less risky investment. And like anything else, if you're going to invest in something, you're going to pay more for something that has less risk associated with it. So there's a lot of things to consider financial metrics, but then also operationally speaking and having that. So if you're looking at that and figuring out what things to make improvements upon, that's going to increase the value of your business, um, both on the financial metric side, obviously, as well as the operational side. So I think that's a hugely important question. It's also good to get a really 
clear picture <laughs> and not be um, under false pretenses on the value of business. We've talked before about many service-based businesses, small businesses. That's a big asset for the owner. And they might be at some point relying on it for retirement or to pass along to children or whatever the case may be. And we want to be realistic about what that value looks like and go into it with eyes, eyes open on that perspective so that you can truly build that value and know what it looks like. Right, right. Yeah, have a more firm understanding for sure. I really like this next question because even though we said, you know, these are obvious, they are, right? We're talking about cash generation. We're talking about value of business. Like those are questions that I think a lot of people, okay, maybe I didn't think about that originally, but that makes sense to ask a VCFO or a CFO. And this next one is more just general about business. And I think this lends some insight into how you can leverage a CFO in your business too, and use them as more of a general advisor and to bounce ideas off of. Because this next question is, what is holding me back in my business? And then as a follow-up, how can I work on that? Like really using that knowledge to tap into that and see, okay, as a business owner, what am I doing that is holding me back? And how can I change that? Yeah, absolutely. Having that leadership team and team of advisors has a lot of business experience too. I mean, it's not just like you said, not just financial, it's seeing businesses run, seeing businesses grow, working with leadership teams and owners, etc. on that. So I think this is a good question for any leadership team to ask of each other for them to ask of their advisors, because it's hard to see from the inside of yourself of your business sometimes. And it can be kind of a scary question to ask. <laughs> like, do you really want <laughs> feedback? Right. I mean, you know, I think people, you know, say they do, but then they're like, I don't know if they really want to know. Yeah. So <laughs> I think it can be, it can be a really great conversation to have. And I think it's something that you just need to be really open when you ask that question and make sure that you're listening. And I think sometimes we can be a little defensive about how we've done stuff. And yeah, this is part of growth, right? And sometimes it's what's worked so far, right? Which is fine. And then that's the phase you're in. But to see the next phase and to get to the next phase, sometimes you need a, a little change. I think a big thing is trying to delegate and kind of that loss of control in some ways you need to delegate wisely and you need to put in procedures and practices and things like that. But I think that's a hard one to continue to delegate those kinds of things. So that's just an example of where I've seen I've had to have conversations. You know, you have to hire this person and yes, it's going to cost you some money and yes, it's going to cost you a little control, but you can't grow and scale if you're not going to do those things. You got to hire that next person, do that next thing. And that, you know, continues to, I think, be an issue as you grow because maybe you're hiring the next person to service a customer client, but then at some point you're hiring somebody to handle payroll and then you're hiring somebody to run the operations of business or the IT side or the, you know, so it, like it continues to flow up the bigger you get and turning over decisions to other people in your team to make those decisions because eventually as you grow and scale, you can't even make all the decisions that need to be made in the business. Right. So that can be a difficult thing. So there's just an example there of where I, I see it is a struggle and it's a real struggle. It's normal too. <laughs> like everybody goes through that. But I think that's one that I just like to look at because I think that's probably the biggest one. This next one, I kind of chuckle at <laughs> because I feel like this is like with friends or parents or kids, like it's kind of universal, but ask, and then we have in all caps before you make big changes. 
And then what are the implications of making this change rather than waiting until, hey, I did this. What do I do now? <laughs> yes. Always my favorite. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> the match that I made. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. 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 I think that's a really good one. So asking the question, you know, what are the implication of this decision that I'm looking to make when they're big decisions? Because you can definitely... Um, I guess ward off a lot of potential problems by asking the questions first. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's, you're not going to go through with whatever change or whatever it is you're looking to do, but you can go into it more eyes wide open of what the implications are going to be, what the costs are going to entail. Maybe the timing could have been better in a certain situation as far as that goes, because this would have been better if we waited a month or two or something like that for lots of different reasons, business implications, reporting implications, tax implications, you know, there's just a lot of things that can can come out of that. So you definitely want to make sure that you're talking to your VCFO with regards to those kinds of things before you do them, because those decisions can have been pretty big impacts. What I can think of is an ownership change, for example, like, oh, I want to admit this guy who's been with me for 10 years, helped me grow the business and want him to become a partner or something like that. Again, not a bad thing at all, <laughs> but how we go about it can be different. And there are implications. Even if you say, oh, I just want to give it to him. It's like, well, you can't <laughs> exactly just give it to him. There's different ways to go about that. The IRS has things they like to say about it, <laughs> for example, with regards to those kinds of things. Of so, um, so the timing of that and how we go about that, and there's different options available. People don't really think of those implications a lot of times, unless they've been through the process before, very familiar with it. But that would be a good example of something that um, is done I wouldn't say often, but more often than we'd like <laughs> without saying anything. And then they tell us later, two months later or whatever. Oh, yeah, by the way, I did this. And it's like, oh, wait, what? So there's different ways you want to do it and different conversations you want to have with that person, for example. Like this is going to impact them, likely, tax-wise, et cetera. So they need to understand all the implications on there, too. So so there's just an example. But there's definitely... Um, a lot of examples where purchasing equipment, big pieces of equipment, making big investments. We're here to support and partner with with the business. So we would be looking at it like we're not here to just tell you no all the time. We're here to tell you, well, we think this maybe is not a good idea because <laughs> and you get to make the decision. You know, we're going to help you and support you in your decision. But we want to give you the, the benefit of our expertise, obviously, and experience in making those decisions. Or this is a great idea. Here's how I think we should look at going about it. And what do you think? And, you know, talk through all those things and the implications of them. So, yeah, definitely a good idea to step back and get advice from your advisors when you're making big decisions about the business. Yeah. And then this last one. I mean, your CFO should probably be giving you this at the end, but if you aren't getting a list of action items, you should be asking, what are my responsibilities? What are my action items based on this meeting? So that you have a clear understanding of what you're responsible for so that you can keep things moving, right? Right. Absolutely. Meetings are great and awesome and increase knowledge and communication. And we need to be doing those on a regular basis for our our services on the VCFO level. We're meeting once a week, at least sometimes, you know, talking a few times a week and meetings are great, but meetings don't generally accomplish a lot of the to-dos, right? <laughs> like we're having conversations, we're making decisions and then it's, okay, here's the to-do list of things to 
implement those decisions, whatever they may be. So we're not going to get a lot of traction on all the great things that are coming out of our meetings unless we're coming out of them with a, a list of these are the things I'm going to do. And, you know, it goes for the BCFO too, the things they're going to do and you know who's doing what and how are, how are we going about that and just being clear about that so that we can track those things and make sure that we're making progress because, you know, that's definitely like the goals that we're setting, how we're going to make progress is to, you know, not just talk about it and forget about it week after week. Oh, yeah, we talked about this, haven't done that yet, <laughs> you know, kind of thing, but to walk away with that list and put it into existence, as they like to say, put it on the calendar, put it on the list, put it on the whatever it is that you use to make sure you're getting things done, because that's where we're going to see the real change and traction and growth and improvements and in, in everything is by having having those lists and making them happen, I guess. <laughs> so it's a great thing to, to leave that meeting with, okay, I'm going to do these things, you're going to do those things and to be clear about that. So yeah, great question. Perfect. All right. So as we said, we will outline all of these questions that we talked about today on the episode in the show notes, pjscpas.com forward slash 114. And we'll also be linking to the episodes that we referenced in this episode. I know we talked about SWOT analysis. I'll go ahead and link the cash flow episodes that we have as well, because we had that discussion. And then that top 10 questions to ask before you hire a CFO free PDF download will be available on the show notes for this episode as well. Thank you again so much, Katina, for outlining the 10 best questions to ask your CFO. Is there anything else you'd like to leave our listeners with as we wrap this episode? I just think communication. Don't be afraid to ask the questions and just make sure you're understanding. I know I get a lot of people saying, I just couldn't really understand what my accountant was saying, or they didn't really explain it to me. Ask the questions, get a good understanding, make sure that you, you know. Perfect. All right. Thanks so much for joining us. Keep that momentum going and we will see you next time. This has been another episode of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review. Gain access to additional free resources and learning opportunities by visiting pjscpas.com forward slash podcast.